This is Tekken Lore-Fi, the Tekken Lore and Lo-Fi mashup you never knew you needed. And this is part two of our series on June Kazama, her story. In case you're new to the podcast, each character gets a four-part series dedicated to them. For the story episode, we take traditional Tekken lore and expand upon it in a fan fiction sort of way. The peripheral details remain true to Tekken, but we fill in some gaps left by the writers. The gap in the Tekken lore for this episode is exactly what was that first encounter between Jun and Kazuya like. If you're new to Tekken, you may not know who Jun is. If you're a Tekken OG, you know Jun is the mother of Jin and Kazuya is the father. If you really enjoy the background stories of Tekken, you even know that Jun is a wildlife conservationist who entered the second tournament to put an end to Kazuya's illegal animal smuggling operation. But no matter how versed you are in Tekken lore, you can't say with 100% certainty what the events were that led to the romance that brought Jin Kazama into existence. This story is not going to change that simple fact, but it will offer a version of their history that tries to make sense of all of these disparate details. So let's make an interesting amalgamation of Tekken history and see what comes out the other side. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Sending a Scout June doubled over, both hands resting on her knees as she tried to breathe in as much oxygen as her lungs would allow. She missed her bus by a matter of seconds. She peered over the schedule to find the next one wouldn't arrive for another 45 minutes. It was all she could do to keep her mind from racing. Two days ago, she had attended a local meeting for the WWWC, a wildlife conservation group that she was a part of. The leader of the local chapter talked about something evil going on in Tokyo. Some rich family called the Mishimas were smuggling endangered species into a secret base in Japan that flew under the radar of any GPS tracking. A few recruits of the WWWC just happened to stumble upon a path leading to the reserve due to the shrieks and screams coming from a kangaroo. Kangaroos are not running everywhere in Japan, and the sound would not have been familiar to the recruit if it hadn't been for a wildlife documentary he had watched the night before. No matter how they got there, what they saw was unspeakable. The animals were siphoned off into three groups. The first group was the largest, a collection of wild animals being beaten mercilessly by soldiers. The soldiers would yell an order, wait for a couple of seconds to no response, and then whip the animals. The second group was much smaller than the first, but still larger than the third. These animals would hear a command, show some sort of response, but still get hit the majority of the time. But that third group? Words cannot describe the shock of the WWWC recruits. These animals, kangaroos, bears, pandas, and dinosaurs? How? This was some serious technology and some serious black magic going on. The animals in the third group were capable of advanced level martial arts and organized lines showing respect for their sensei. The report these recruits gave was so preposterous, it had to be true. June finally got on the bus. She had to return to Taiko Iwa, a beautifully lush forest in Yakushima. 
Her pet pigeon, Yami, was waiting for her with important news. As soon as June left the meeting a couple days back, she sent Yami over to Tokyo to learn about their leader. And today was the day they agreed to reconvene. She got off her stop at Shiratani Unsuekyo and rushed to her and Yami's secret spot. But Yami wasn't there. This wasn't like Yami. The two initially met four years ago, and even then June could sense something about this pigeon spirit. Yami was a black wood pigeon, quite normal in Yakushima. But Yami's spirit was bright and wise. It didn't take long for Yami to see June cared deeply about the animals of the island, quickly winning the bird's trust. June didn't have to train Yami. She just needed to communicate her desire clearly, and Yami had to agree. It was a partnership that was predestined. They would play games, relax, and on occasion carry out important missions for the WWWC. But Yami was always on time. June started to slowly circle the site to see if she could find any trace of her partner. After 30 minutes of gradually increasing the radius of her footpath, she heard a quivering sound in a nearby brush. She cleared the leaves away and spotted Yami. His right wing had been badly disfigured, and many of the feathers had fallen off. June picked Yami up and started to tend to the wounds, tearing the end of her shirt to create a brace for the wing. Yami would be okay. Yami knew that there were more important matters, and he told June of the leader of this Mishima family. The man in charge was a strong, handsome man named Kazuya. He had a dark aura around him that was obvious to Yami, and it seemed he was trying to create an army of animals to fight on his behalf. Many of those animals had been genetically engineered, but that didn't stop him from trying to carry out his training program on real animals being forcefully taken from their homes and beaten mercilessly. June could see it in Yami's eyes. Something needed to be done immediately. And for every second June waited, one more animal's life may be in danger. June stood up, looked at Yami, and said, You're coming with me. Let's end this thing together. Confronting the Cold-Blooded Sun June had been sitting outside the Mishima Zaibatsu headquarters all morning waiting for any sign of Kazuya. Kazuya never showed, but some of the men walking into the building complained that he had been spending too much time at the family's estate on top of Mount Odake and not enough time in his office. In Yami's current state, he wasn't able to help June reach the secret reserve. So June kept him in a little pouch that rested on her hip. The two of them made their way to the base of the mountain and behind a tree that shaded them from the hot sun, as well as from the view of any traffic coming in or out. A black Rolls-Royce silver spur came from far off in the distance. June couldn't recognize the emblem on the hood of the car, but she knew it looked expensive. And the same dark aura that Yami mentioned back on the island was seeping out of the rolled-down driver's side back window. That had to be Kazuya. June traversed the mountain with Yami by her side. There, through the trees, was the most beautiful estate she had ever seen. There was a training ground, a temple, an elegant courtyard with a pavilion to drink tea. How could a man this evil and full of violence live in such a beautiful, tranquil location? All of a sudden, she felt a finger tap on her shoulder. She turned around quickly, ready to unleash a backhand on whoever tried to sneak up on her. The swing of her fist sliced through the air, but never landed. 
A moment of silence passed, and then a chuckle. That breeze felt good, laughed Katsuya, having evaded her attack. Now give me one good reason I should let you live, and perhaps I'll show you some mercy. He may have looked like he was laughing, but Jun was keenly aware there was only truth behind his veiled death threat. He was not joking. If you tell me where the others are hiding, I'll spare your life, Katsuya said in a more serious tone. Others, Jun stammered. It's only me and Yami. She opened her hip sack to show Katsuya her pigeon partner. I recognize that bird. I thought I killed it. Only you, huh? Well, I have to either give you credit for bravery or stupidity. I'm just not sure which one at the moment. But I'm guessing it's both. Stupidity masquerading as bravery. And I'll do you one better. I bet I know why you're here. How could you know why I'm here? Jun asked, perplexed. This conversation was not going at all as Jun anticipated. She could hardly get a word in and found herself on the defensive, despite her attempts to surprise Katsuya. You're here because of my animal operations. I can see the way you tend to your animal. Yami, was it? And I could sense your scout pigeon a mile away. You've got skill, and your pigeon has heart. But you're playing a game you can't win. So let me save you some trouble and just tell you now that I'm not going to stop any of what I'm doing. But out of respect for your effort, I promise not to hurt your pigeon again. June was overcome by anger. Never in her life had she met someone so narcissistic and proud. She channeled that anger and responded with as much conviction as she could muster. If you don't kill me now, you'll never get the chance again. And if I leave this mountain alive, you can bet your entire animal operation is going down. You have no right to do what you're doing. If my hands don't kill you, then all the gods of this beautiful earth will team together and rip your soul at its seams. So let me save you some trouble, and I'll let you take me to your reserve, and we'll let all of those animals free together. The initial surprise faded quickly, and all Katsuya was left with was admiration. He knew his initial confusion over her stupidity or bravery had been cleared up. The bravery she was showing was something he had not seen before. At least, not to this magnitude. And if he wasn't so opposed to the idea of anyone questioning his business decisions, he may just be interested in her. Kazuya turned for a moment as he gathered his thoughts, then looked back at her. Look, neither of us is going to back down from our position, but I have an idea that might just make things easier. I saw your backhand, and I know there's more power in you than you showed. I'm hosting a fighting tournament soon. I'll leave a spot open for you. If you can survive long enough to face me, I'll make a deal with you. Defeat me, and I'll stop the animal operations of the Mishima Zaibatsu. But if I defeat you, you and your WWWC hippies leave the Mishima Zaibatsu alone. Agreed? A fateful encounter. June arrived at the scene of her first battle, Akihabara. She looked across the asphalt to see what looked like a giant robot slash soldier sleeping. June had originally arrived in Tokyo feeling a positive energy and a quiet optimism about her chances of saving all of the animals from the hands of Katsuya. But as time passed, she noticed the busyness of the big city was drowning out her ability to listen to the spiritual dimension of the world. She found it harder to communicate with Yami, 
who continued to stay by her side despite fully recovering from his broken wing. She still had her ability to utilize the Kazama-style karate she had practiced her whole life, but it was her sensitivity to nature and to people's auras that started to fade. All except Katsuya's. But even the darkness he was shrouded in seemed not quite so intense each time she saw him. But she couldn't think about that now. The robot had awakened and was walking towards the center of the blacktop. She made quick work of Jack too. He was fairly advanced for a robot, but his moves became predictable after a while, and he had no answer for the ingenuity and improvisation of June's moves. She was looking down at the broken, giant robot when she heard hands clapping. As she scanned the audience to see where the applause was coming from, her eyes stopped on a smiling Kazuya. He motioned her to come over. She hesitated, but ultimately decided it was harmless. He seemed like the type of guy that wouldn't back down from his word. If the two were to fight, it would be within the confines of the tournament. Kazuya spoke directly to Jun. Come to my estate. I think there's a conversation we need to have before your next fight. The two got into the Rolls Royce and headed to the top of Mount Odake. Once they arrived, Kazuya took her over to the pavilion where a servant poured the two of them tea. Kazuya watched Jun sip the tea. Then he broke the silence. Work with me. I've seen the way you worked with animals. Instruct my men on how to train the animals in a peaceful way. Our encounter made me think that we can meet somewhere in the middle. If I give authority over to you, you may be able to find a more humane way of training these animals. Once I saw you fight, I saw your skills are strong enough to get these animals to the right fighting level. June scoffed. Don't waste my time. I want to set these animals free, not teach them how to fight in your army. June's teacup clattered against the plate as she got up to leave. Kazuya ran after her and grabbed her arm. All of a sudden, a bright light shined in his eyes. The dark aura he had vanished for a second. He let go of June's arm and could start to see again, but June saw the darkness come back. Kazuya, overcome with a feeling that June might hold the key to releasing him from the grip of his devil, dropped to his knees. June could see that there was actually something deeper to Kazuya, not just the evil, cunning man he had shown himself to be. She walked over and put her hand on his shoulder, and the darkness vanished yet again. He held her hand and looked up at her. Don't go. I'll give you what you want once this tournament is over. I'm tired of this burden. He pointed over to the edge of the mountain in the distance. I was thrown off this mountain and left for dead. I made a pact that saved my life, but I've been haunted by this darkness every moment since. That is, until now. June was filled with compassion. There was a childlike honesty in the words he spoke. She knew it was genuine. Okay, I'll stay. But as soon as this tournament is over, I want to be there to see with my own eyes you letting all of those animals free. She sat by his side with her arm clutching his waist. In that moment, both of them felt safe for the first time in a long time. That's it for our episode on the Lorefy story of June. I encourage you to check out the Tekken wiki pages of all of the characters I mentioned in this story. You can see for yourself what happened at the end of Tekken 2, and whether or not the seeds of this love story ever grew into something more. If you made it this far, thank you. It's an honor to have you as a listener. 
If you like the podcast, please subscribe to get updates on future episodes. And make sure to check back in for the rest of the Jun Kazama series. Stay tuned for more breakdowns of other Tekken characters. As always, from the Lorefy League, get ready for the next battle. <laughs>